Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome in. This is the Bulls Talk Podcast presented by Coors Light. I am Jason Goff and I am very, very happy and honored to be joined by Heavy.com writer and just NBA bon vivant, a dude who uh, knows a lot of people who know a lot of things and he writes about him for Heavy.com. His name is Brandon Robinson, better known as Scoopy and of course, our NBC Sports man of the hour in all times. This dude does everything here and is the backbone of this station. He is Kevin Bulldog Anderson. Yes, sir. For all the people who don't know, you know, the, the nickname. I, I had to get privy to the nickname. How you better call nickname? Him. But don't, we, we'll, 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 we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later, Scoop. Coming up on the show, we'll discuss the Bulls' awful 2-5 and five start. Concerns over Lowry marketing and is Wendell the true key to the Bulls core? And if the Lakers can keep their hold over the West, we got to get into the Suns and what's happening with the Kings, some other things that's happening out there in the Western Conference. But, fellas, let's start right where we need to start at. Uh, a tough loss uh, against the Cleveland Cavaliers. You follow that up against the Detroit Pistons with a win, and then you have a tougher loss against the Indiana Pacers. So in times, we're seeing the Bulls play up to their potential quarters at a time, but no full 48-minute structures where you're thinking this team is in control from start to finish. We talked about the the fast starts and how that correlates to wins for Zach Levine. Uh, When he starts off fast, his team starts off fast, they usually win the game. But what are we seeing from a Bulls team, and and, and Scoop will start with you, what are we seeing from a Bulls team that there were some expectations for, especially in the East that's been kind of tossed on its head a little bit 
started with all the movement and free agency. Sure. What are we seeing from the Bulls that we didn't expect so far in this first seven games? Well, to quote the late great uh, John Witherspoon, the Bulls need to find a way to coordinate. <laughs> uh, when you look at a two and five start, uh, you, you were definitely excited when you beat uh, Derrick Rose, a home kind of source. But I watched that Pacers game. Uh, you said it best on TV the other day. You said TJ Huzmanzada, yeah. TJ Ward, a bunch of TJs, yeah, bunch of TJs, McConnell. Yeah, yeah, a bunch of TJs got off. <laughs> the, the, the Pacers guard play was just superfluous in that game, man. And I think uh, to go back to my point about coordinating, uh, when it's not Zach Levine, then it's who? Larry sometimes, Larry Markinen seems hesitant. Um, is it going to be Kobe White that's going to step up? He's a rookie. Um, is it going to be uh, Thaddeus Young? It was a homecoming of sorts for, for Thaddeus in Indiana, got a key free agent they, they acquired this summer. But, man, um, Zach can't do it by himself. And uh, you 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 saw you kind of saw those lapses on, on Sunday in Sunday's game. But uh, uh, you and I talk about this all the time. We, the, the entire crew have talked about this the last ten days or so uh, since the season has started. There, there are certain gut shots that they are taking early on in this season that we didn't see. Uh, the first 10 games, we talked about this schedule being to the liking for a Bulls fan. You know, maybe you finish this first 10 games 6-4 and four, or on seven a high three. side, 7-3. and three. You know, the Lakers, the Rockets, the, the, the <laughs> Raptors were teams that you thought, okay, they're going to give you trouble. They might, you might lose to them because you're still ascending. But the Knicks, the Cavs, and a depleted Pacers team was not uh, in, in, the, uh, in the, the, the outing in terms of what we thought this team would struggle with, and they have struggled with those teams so far. Yeah, and the thing is, even like you look at the Grizzlies, a the game they won wasn't easy, right? And right. so like the, the biggest question I have about this team right now, and certainly at 2-5 and five, and with the schedule getting tougher, there's no like clear sign that they are starting to turn a corner. We're not getting there. Like We're still trending down in terms of where this team is. But the question I have is, are the players failing the coaching scheme mm. or is the coaching scheme failing the players? And like that's that's a tough question both. to answer because you yeah, right. I think it's a little bit of both. Right, both because um, I, I spoke to Wendell uh, this summer, and one of the things that he told me he was working on was his offensive game, and he has to a degree in, in this. The but but you know he said you know me for my defensive skills, and then I got hurt, you know. So now he comes in and he's playing well, and you know he's the one who punch. But I just think. Every great, I think Kendall said this on television the other day. He was on teams where guys, uh, he, he played with superstars. I was privy to that time. I was a kid reporter with mm -hmm. the Nets. And, mm -hmm. you know, he had Van Horn. He had Stephon Marbury. He had, you know, Steph went off yeah, uh, yeah. with the Bulls. Who's going to be that guy? You assume it's Levine, but if it's not him, then who? Yeah, this is the thing. And I've been trying to, for the first two weeks of this season or so, been trying to, give guys time to figure out who's going to be it. And I don't know if these guys are groomed or if they're just born. And I think Wendell hmm. may be that guy, but I need to know who the goons are, for lack of a better term. Like, I need to know who's not going to let you lose. And yeah. on this team, it seems as if, I mean, Wendell, after that Cleveland game, was like, hey, let's stop talking about all-star bursts and playoff predictions and expectations. Let's just win some games. Yeah. And for a 20-year-old to say that, I mean, you look at, some, look at the dynamics here. Zach Levine wasn't voted team captain by his teammates. That is Young and Otto Porter, who got here seven minutes ago, were voted team captains. Just seven? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh off the bus. <laughs> right, 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 right. They caught a train and dropped off at State and Lake and went to their condos, and all of a sudden they, yeah. they're, they're team captains. I, I look at it like this. Who's not going to let you lose? 
Like, I like to know who those guys are because I can identify those guys on the other teams, right? There are certain guys on other teams who you look at and you know if they lose, that person is going to go down shooting, fighting, scrapping, clawing, biting, all those good cliches that you want to hear, but they're real. You know, look at look at some of the teams that the Bulls have lost to so far. The Knicks. Bobby Portis, Bobby Portis wouldn't let the Knicks lose because he was upset about mm-hmm. playing his former team. This is two teams later, right? I mean, he went to Washington, right? He, now he's with the Knicks. This is two teams later, he's still holding a grudge. Bobby told me uh, this summer that uh, his goal was sixth man of the year. Yeah. Um, and I think. And Bobby's that, a dog. In that game, he showed it. Yeah. Bobby's a dog. I just wonder who those guys are. Like, you got to identify those guys. And I think there's a group of hard workers and guys who will listen. But every once in a while, like it's kind of like being a Sox fan, uh, mm. seeing um, Carl Everett as a, Sox, as a Sox player. He was the... He was the upsetter of the locker room. There's certain guys as truth tellers in the locker room who are like, all right, things are a little too comfortable in here. And when you, when you have losing streaks, sometimes those guys... Sometimes those guys stop it from being a five-game losing streak. They stop it at two or three because they're like, yo, let's snatch some collars and figure out who really wants to play. So we need somebody in this Bulls locker room who doesn't believe in dinosaurs? Who's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're right, right. And, and he's going to talk crazy about Derek Jeter. But who's that <laughs> guy, Kevin? Like, who's that guy in this locker room right now that you are willing to go into a dark alley with? So let me, before I give you my short answer, I'm going to say on this roster, who has Talented NBA winning program experience? Most of these guys on the roster have been in losing organizations for most of their short Other careers. Other than Thaddeus. Other right. than Thad Young. Right. Bingo. And he's Other the than Thad Young. And he got voted a captain. I mean, yeah. he went toe-to-toe with LeBron in Cleveland. Yeah, real deal. Uh, yeah, him, and, him, and, him and Bogdanovich a couple years back. Yeah. And then, you know, you, Jason, you, you brought up a point just about um, Wendell and being, you know, so vocal. I think he's it. One of the things that Bobby kind of just shared with me was how much – he mentored and took Wendell under his wing. So you would assume, and you know, my mama told me what you could say about assuming. Yeah. Uh, you would assume that Wendell would be that guy. Well, uh, real recognizes real in of that, course. right? Because he played with Lowry, right? I mean, Dwayne Wade. He, he played with, he like, this is the thing. Like Rajon Rondo, Dwayne Wade, all those guys that have been in this locker room over the last few years or so. I just, now it's, it's Zach and Lowry's locker room. And hmm. when we don't see Lowry... And the, at the end of two games in a row, uh, because of the injury one and the other one, Thad was playing better. And that's even the injury publicly, they said, wasn't he was a factor. Yeah, he said he was available. The, the thing I worry about is who's okay with that? Like, at some point, somebody's got to be upset about the losing. Like, like so- losing ways set in as quickly as, as winning ones do. Like, winning habits and losing habits, they, they resonate the same way to me when I cover teams or when I'm around teams. Because you see guys who are not allowed to let their teams lose, and then you also see guys who say my bad quite often or are okay with demotions or not, playing, not getting playing time in the fourth. Like, Lowry should have been pissed. And I'm not saying he wasn't, but, you know, to say that everything's okay and – and, you know, Thad was playing well. Like, I want to see Lowry, you know, like, yeah, we got the win, but I have to be better. You want to like, see some anger. I want to see yeah. Charlotte Lowry at least twice a week. If we see Charlotte Lowry twice a week, that 37 that he put on Charlotte, I mean, I saw Justin Holiday guarding Lowry, Lowry Markkinen in that Indiana Pacers game, and then he scored six straight points, and he sat on the bench. So it goes to uh, your question, your bigger question, rotation, scheme, talent, fight, all those things. All the above. Everybody in the NBA is looking at the Bulls right now like, yo, they shouldn't be 2-5. and five. And I'm not speaking out of turn here. No. Because if you talk playoffs, 2-5 and five shouldn't be the start. Well, Kendall said 
on our season preview show, the most important player for this team to make the postseason was Laurie Markkinen because we knew what Zach could do. We knew Zach eventually is going to end up with 23-plus points right. per game this season. That, that's a given, even if he's slumping a little bit. But I would have Still loved to have seen Laurie coming in after getting essentially benched for the majority of the fourth quarter, come back with some fire, and pull a – I don't need 35-17 and 17 like he had in the opener, mm. but I want him to come out aggressive. And we, saw, we see glimpses of that, but there's no consistency. And, like, to your point about who's not going to tolerate, tolerate losing, Wendell, to me, is that yeah. guy. Yep. But it's not very fair to ask a 20-year-old who has less than 70 games of experience in his career to go, hey, we need you to be the locker room leader to keep this team together right now. I mean, you can't ask that of a 20-year-old. I'm feeling very Jean Grey on X-Men. I'm sensing where <laughs> both of you are coming from. And, I, and I'll say this. Um, my, my Uncle Kevin often, when he's really mad, he'll say, I'm pissed off beyond all levels of festivity. Yeah. Um, Somebody's got to get there. Lowry to me, uh, I remember talking to him in his draft process. And he told me that he grew up looking up to Dwayne Wade. Um, and I think sometimes for big men who have actually played college basketball, who then have to play a physical NBA game, there's a Dirk Nowitzki type of transition. Am I a three? Am I a four? Am I a five? Do I take it to the basket? I remember playing NBA Live 2004 when they switched Dirk, Dirk to, the, to the power forward center position. Mm-hmm. You had Anton Jameson and then those guys at the three and the four. Mm-hmm. I think for Lowry, it's a tougher transition because you have other guys that play the same position. Similar to like the Knicks on my side of the ball where you got a bunch of guys that play the same position. Where does this all fit? Yeah. Bunch of point guards, yeah. But it's the land of misfit toys. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. And and see, the thing is, David Fisdale has to navigate the waters of a reclamation project. Mm-hmm. From what we've been told here in this city, this ain't that. This is we got you the two stars. Now we just have to build on them. And I'm sorry if you tell me something, I'm gonna hold you to it. I like any relationship I've ever been in, sports, professionally, you know, anything that that it's been personally. Tell me what you want, and I'm going to hold you to it. Just like when you speak things, you say them for a reason so people can hold them to you, uh, hold, hold you to it. And sure. I think that the issue is this team wants to be a certain thing, but they're fishing and, and, and feeling for the ways to try to be it. When it comes down to, I, I have no problem with Lowry Marketing taking – 30 shots in a game and missing 19 of them. Why? You know why? Because he needs to understand that we live and die with you and the other kid. Sure. Even with the losses. I got no problem. The problem that I have is 11 and 6 against Indiana. That's what I have a problem Mm -hmm. with. There's no way in hell that TJ Leaf, TJ Warren, (laughs) Goga Batazzi, and Goga was out there eating people's lunch. Yeah. Like, it's like the, the alarm went off for everybody on the Indiana side of thing and it didn't go off for, I don't know if the Sunday 4 p.m. tip got, a, got people out of their, their, their game schedules and their creatures of habit, but I, I'm sorry, that ball goes up. There's somebody trying to punk you. They were motivated after that Colt Steelers game. Well, yeah. <laughs> and maybe the Bulls watch the Bears, and that's why they weren't so motivated. Hey, if you've got aspirations of being a good team, you better get used to playing on Sunday afternoons. Well, this is the thing. If you got aspirations of good teams – Kill teams that shouldn't be on the court with them. Yes. And after a while, you become one of them teams if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Kill or get killed. Yeah. You talked about Memphis. And, uh, again, on my side of the ball watching the Nets, Mm-hmm. I mean, Kyrie Irving was an acrobatic uh, Rucker Park move away from, from winning the game. And you look at John Moran, hungry. Yeah. 
my question is, comparatively speaking, you can't teach hunger. Hunger is 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 personal. Yeah, it's personal you, embarrassment. You personal look at Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Personal. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have that innate ability to, to get it. That's why I'm asking who's that guy. I mean, even with Zach, like I I I like Zach a lot, right? And Zach has transitioned now from just being the high flyer leaper to now he's he's added range to his game. He's trying his hardest on the defensive end these last two games that we've watched. What he did against Derek at the end of that game was was exceptional. And I'm glad yeah. Will Purdue broke it down the way he did on the big board because it, it needs like just looking at a box score and all these other things are cool, but watching the game and seeing how Derek struggled with that length and dudes fighting through screens on him. Derek's one, Derek has returned to being one of the toughest covers in the NBA in those last minute and a half. Zach was ready and up to the challenge. I'm not – listen, I'm all for that. And sometimes I, think, I still think Zach is trying to find his way in an offensive system that might be – um, challenging some of the things that he worked on in the offseason. Like, this is one of Zach's few offseasons healthy. So he actually worked on his game, and then you come into this, and it's like, all right, we're going to put up 35 threes a game, right? So now Zach has to kind of cut out that mid-range game. I'm sure Zach wants to go in the post a little bit more when he's got smaller guards on him. There's a lot of different issues so far with the 2 of 5 start, and I know that they're trying to build and grow from two month, for two months or a month and a half from now. Like, they're trying to install and, and, and establish a foundation for 90 days from now, but the problem is when you get to that 90 days, you might be 10 games out the A you spot. Can't, you can't put it on layaway. Buy now or leave the store. And that's the thing. That's the thing. They thought that, and I think they think that their talent would carry them through a lot of this portion and what they're finding out is 43% of the league was free agents. So that means 43% of the players are trying to put new stuff on tape for new coaches. And I think and dudes the, out there, like TJ Warren was out there going hard. Because he had the lane. Old Depot was out, wasn't he? Yeah, Old Depot's out. Uh, who else was out? Uh, uh, Demonis Sabonis. Yes. Miles Turner was out. Yes. I mean, you know, yeah, Jakar Sampson out there for, for long stretches of time. You should wipe time. the floor with that team. That, that was a win. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, and this, this, you know, stop. Let me stop. This, 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 whole, this whole, I love giving credit to people where it's due, but I'm tired. Like, I'm already two Listen, weeks man. in. And I don't, don't want to hear they get paid too. You get paid more. I haven't been in Chicago in 24 hours, <laughs> and I've been you listening to sports more. radio, and you. Oh, you are you guys are, you, got, you guys are, are bashing the Bears and the Bulls right now, rightly so. Um, but what I'll say is this. Um, when you look at the Bulls um, and when you look at the roster, I know Kobe White came out and said that they could be a playoff team. When you look at the Eastern Conference, as you alluded to early on. Front office said it. The front office on said it as day well. One. Yeah, day one. Day one of the You put it out there yeah. that you have aspirations of being a playoff yeah. team and that you believe you're good enough or to contend for playoff you, spot. Or, you, or you're pressing the, the, the timer. Meanwhile, Kevin Love is putting up numbers in Cleveland. So is Tristan Thompson. They, they the signed Kobe White to an extension. Uh, in the front office. And you Kobe got the, Altman. Excuse yeah, me. Kobe, Kobe Altman. Altman mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And Kobe Altman. And then on top of it, um, you got an Orlando Magic team that uh, Jonathan Isaac is playing good defense on on that side of the ball. Markel Fultz uh, Markel. trying to re- reclaim his, exactly. you know, his first pick overall status. And so you you got a lot of Eastern Conference folks uh, trying to figure out trying what that to figure out what's what the Eastern Conference playoffs is. And so I think the Bulls, they got to figure it out now. I don't know if we got to get some jerseys and suit up or something. But uh, I, I, I heard think that's the thing, too, Scoop. Like, Kev, you, you, we watch it every night. They're talented enough. It's just I, I'm trying to figure out 
why it's not coming together. Here's my fear. What if they're not? What if they're not talented enough? What if we're looking at this roster and going, what if it is the players (laughs) failing the scheme more so than the opposite? That's the thing. I don't – Maybe last year you could have said that because the, the whole Zion and, you know, carrot on a stick was out there. And you had guys getting 20, 25 minutes who didn't who, – who should not have been getting 20, 25 minutes. I didn't even know nobody's name on that team. Yeah. Other I mean, than Zach Levine and Larry Markham. This is the thing, too. Like, this is the thing that I ask. And I, these are just legitimate questions from a Bulls fan. You know, Chandler Hutchinson, um, that's a first-round pick, right, out of Boise State. This is a guy who – Low side could be a Tabo-like player where, you you know, maybe you get a 3 and D dude out of him if he mm-hmm. develops to the point he needs to develop to. But he's a young athletic player who scored in a, in a Power 5 conference, right? He scored 17, 18 points a game in a Power 5 conference. His first game active, it's kind of, for me, like a call-up in baseball. Huh. You throw him out there, right? And, you know, and, draft experts ha- were saying he was going to be the next Kyle Kuzma. Well, that's the thing. If, if, if he's active – and the hamstring is no longer in it. Well, obviously, the hamstring, you got to monitor it throughout the season. Sure. But you've already got limited depth at the wing. You've decided not to play Denzel Valentine for whatever reason, right? So now, what you're telling me is you'd rather go with a three-guard lineup of Chris Dunn, Kobe White, and Ryan Archidiakono out there instead of having a, a legitimate wing who you spent draft capital on uh, selecting in the first round of the draft and throwing them out there against an Indiana team who don't who doesn't have three of their top four players, like that's the perfect proving ground. Like okay, let's see you for seven eight minutes at a stretch yeah. and also acclimated with that second unit because Kobe White and this is the thing too we have to watch too as 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 NBA observers and as Bulls fans, Kobe White those first two games seemed like eons ago. If you notice, these last three games, Kobe White has been running into brick walls because the guys that he is out there with don't suit his skills as well. Kobe White doesn't know how to play off the ball just as much as yet. So if Ryan Archidiakono is the point guard in the three-guard lineup and Chris Dunn is out here on the wing on the corner, and I know that he's not the greatest of shooters, now it's Kobe White. I've got both of their men with attention on me on the perimeter. So mix it up a little bit. And I'm not a head coach. I'm just watching as a fan. But the things that I've seen over the last few games, like this team should not be 2-5. and five. I think I'm Jim Boylan will say that. I think I think everybody on the Bulls roster will say that. Nobody should be happy with a 2-5 and five start to this season. If I'm the Bulls, and I, it's, just, it's just taking a cursory look around the NBA, one of the things that I'm finding is a lot of the forwards, the threes, are running the offense. You look at Miami, Jimmy Butler running mm-hmm. the offense. You look in, in L.A. with the Lakers, LeBron James. Even even at times, Anthony Davis on the break running it, and you have Danny Green running it. Um, if I were the Bulls, I would take a similar approach. I would start Levine at the one, or at least have him play, be the playmaker at times. When you look at the statistics from last season, if I'm not mistaken, he put up Jordan-type numbers, at least 25-5. and five. And last season, yeah, twenty-four, four and four, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if if that's your hot hand handling the ball, stick with what you know. You know, injuries were an issue for him towards the end of last season. I would get, I would implement Kobe White, and I would make him shoot. I would make him get to the, get to the cup. When he was in North Carolina, he was pretty decent at that. His first two games, that's what he did. Yes, these, these, these last I continue, I mean, continue that. Now the problem is, you know, and Kevin, you know this, you know, guys start to ascend. 
and they get they get bumped up on the scouting report. So now yes. Kobe White is no he's not some dude that's off the whiteboard in pregame. Anytime you cover an NBA game, you go in there early enough, you see who the scouting like sometimes assistant coaches don't flip that whiteboard and you can see exactly mm-hmm. what their principles are for that game. And now what's happened in those first two or three games of the season, Kobe White made it to people's whiteboard. Okay, off the bench. Their their lead guard off the bench is is going at you. He's trying to get 15, 16. He's putting up shots. And now the league has kind of counterpunched the last two or three games, and I'm waiting for Kobe White and the Bulls to, to give him, you know, you've been going to the body. All right, now the hands are dropping. You got to go to the head now. Like, what's the what's the next like what's the next step? And these are all things that they have to navigate while losing games. And once you lose games, you start to lose trust in the system, trust in each other, trust in because this team went through a lot of losing last year. So you, that's why it was that's why it was absolutely necessary for them to start out the way they needed to start out because you needed to build a little goodwill and that and that you need to deposit a little goodwill in that basketball bank of theirs right now it's nothing but withdrawals and you got insufficient funds and they're healthy so it's negative it's not like, to your couch. <laughs> it's not like they time. still have <laughs> that guy who like Detroit with Blake right it's not like they still have somebody that yeah. is Go sitting on the training room and that's going to come Detroit out. Got you can say, you know what, he's gonna, we're, we're looking forward to him coming back, right? That's not happening with his team. Everybody's healthy. In regards to Hutch, if he is not conditioned to play even 10 minutes a night or the hamstring's still nagging him, don't make him active. Right. Don't make him active Or send at all. him to Woody City. Send him to Woody City. Send mm-hmm. him in a suit. Whatever it takes. Like, If you have such issues at the wing, which they do, and I don't want to see Archie play the three spot the rest of the season. But if he's got issues at the the wing. position, too, with all the minutes that they're giving him as well. And, like, you bring up the point about Kobe. To me, the issue with Kobe kind of regressing a little bit in these last few games is you look at that second unit. The book on Kobe, to me right now, is when he's out there, he's really the only scorer out there. He's going to shoot. He's certainly not going to pass. He's not, at least as of now, not being a playmaker on the court for his teammates, whether it's because of his teammates' ability or he's just looking to shoot when he get up every right. time. And so they're, they're easily stopping him because they know what's going on out there. Kev the Bulldog, here's my question. I take that and raise you this. Okay. If you're the Bulls and you work, you're complain, we're complaining about Larry Markkinen's inconsistency, do you implement Daddy's Young more into your offense? Well, they, they have in the fourth quarters these last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Last game, uh, Lowry helped close the game. But two games prior to that, there was a lot of talk about was Lowry being benched for Thaddeus Young. Thaddeus mm-hmm. Young has been a better perimeter shooter mm-hmm. than I envisioned. Uh, I remember when Thaddeus came into the league out of Georgia Tech, he was a do-it-all kind of dude. In Philly. He was a tweener in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And, and he, he came off the bench. He started some. He could score when necessary. He defended. He rebounded. And those principles in his game have extended throughout his career. He can still do all those things and he's a better perimeter scorer than I gave him credit for in terms of his jump shot he's he's hit some threes over this last week or so that made me open my eyes out of him as him being a real a real perimeter threat but the problem is he's not one of your pillars he is a he is a pro you lost Robin Lopez so you had to replace that professional attitude with another pro in there a vet who's been through something to teach these kids how to prepare you know I mean let's keep it funky how to go out at night, Where, pick your spots, get your rest. All those things are important in NBA lifestyle. I, love, I know people think this is like some video game where you turn it off and you simulate a game. No. Guys, not my player dad yeah, going yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Guys get to a certain city, you want to hang out, right? But yeah. how do you do it? 
Do you get there the night before? Do you hang out that night or do you hang out the night at? Like, these are the things that pros teach you. So I can understand Thaddeus Young. And also, it meant something that Thaddeus Young with the Lakers and all these other teams at his doorstep was like, yo, I see what they're building in Chicago. I want to go be a part of that. The fact that it's falling flat these first seven games, like, this is not the start that Jim Boylan, John Paxson, Gar Foreman, Zach Levine, Larry Markin, and anybody in this organization would have envisioned. So now the question is, you've dug yourself a little bit of a hole. It's very early in the season. How do you dig yourself out of it? And the problem is I'm looking for the diggers. I'm looking for the dudes who are like, you know what? I'm not having this tonight. The the Lakers game, watch what I watch what I tell you. I promise you this team is going to go full throttle because the lights are on. Like it's different. It's different playing. I mean, we've all done it, pickup games. You know who got the next five. You're like, oh, we're going we're gonna to watch them. But yeah. when, when the real dudes come to the gym, you're like, yo, we got to be on it. I'm going to show you something. I, I, and I could be wrong, but Tuesday night, Tuesday night, tonight, when they, when they mess around and face off against these Los Angeles Lakers, dudes are going to be full throttle. You're going to see effort and, and exuberance out of those guys that we didn't see against Cleveland and that we didn't see at the end of the game, especially against the Indiana Pacers, because the lights are on. The difference between being the a Kings regular is dude. Here. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> being a regular dude and being a, and, and, you know, a great dude is – Treat Indiana like that. Yeah. Treat New York like that. Treat Cleveland like that. This team should be. This team should be four and three, five and two. Mm-hmm. They I mean, let's let's should keep. Like, they should be a lot better than this. Scoop, to answer your question, I don't think the issues are so much with the offensive end. Like, if you were to to me list the top five issues with this Bulls team right now, the offense and the offensive set is not in the top five for me. Number one is their defensive schemes, yeah. and number two is certainly their rebounding. They are dead last in the league in rebounding percentage. Dead last. And defensive rebounds. Offensive rebounds given up per game that yes. last. And yeah. so, like, it's not so much about, to me, about that second unit, though I would like to see Laurie get more run with that second Resistance. unit and be the primary focus of the offense. It's the defense. Like, their defensive schemes, how they continue, even though they've slacked off a little bit, but they continue to double-team the ball handler on the yeah. pick and roll. I would imagine. I, I didn't see the game, but I saw the stats. I know Andre Drummond has been a double, a twenty and twenty monster. Mm-hmm. I know Larry did not go toe to toe with Drummond. The right Wendell way picked game. up that mm-hmm. that slack in the fourth quarter. He, okay. You know, he was the one that was making Andre run. That's the other thing too. Like, you know, running guys through and off of screens. You know, the the initial sets of a pick and roll and thinking that you've done your job and now I can fire a shot up. That that stuff, it's like a running game. It wears on you in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Wendell is the best screener by far. Robin Lopez was that guy last year. You need guys who are screening. You need guys who are putting a uh, putting a hook on somebody, putting 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 the screws to do so that in the fourth quarter everybody's not fresh running around. Colin Sexton dunking on people because you're over, you know, you're overplaying things. Colin Sexton had legs in the, in the end of the game. You know why? Because Colin Sexton didn't run through too many screens. You know what the Bulls need? They need like an Ed Davis, a pro, an enforcer. Not to say Thaddeus thing is not that. To go yeah. to your point, yeah. you both bring you you both are bringing all types of cornbread, chicken, and and collard greens to the table. <laughs> but I wrap it with a bone. Say this: when you have a leader and enforcer like Ed Davis, you're gonna get a guy that's an enforcer who can block shots, who people are intimidated. And Robin Lopez was that guy. He mm-hmm. brought that that synergy to the Milwaukee Bucks with his twin brother uh, Brooke. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thaddeus Young is a is a is a an Al Harrington, a, a, a blue collar Al Harrington, not a finesse. Or not a, not a bow outlaw. But is yeah. it Daniel Gafford, potentially that guy? Well, he's and we have yet to see a single good. minute. But that single minute, <laughs> you're asking too much 
of guys who've never navigated the NBA waters. Yeah. Like this is this is you know you're a young veteran if you're Larry Marketing and, and Zach Levine. We ain't talking about dudes who are rookies anymore. Yeah. Like, dunk contests and all those other things are cool. St. Kansas no more, dog. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Who are you allowing to come into your building and say it's going to be an easy go tonight? Like, I I was listening to my guys on NBA radio on Sirius XM, Brian Custer and and Rick Mahorn and Mitch Lawrence, my guys. The first thing they mentioned when they talked about the Bulls is, you know, killer instinct, not tough enough. And for that to be the narrative very early in the season, that came from the offseason. You had to prove somebody wrong. You had to show people that, nah, you know what? I got you, Duke. When we see you, when we see you first night it's against Charlotte, I'm gonna show right you that we're But that's Charlotte. But that's the thing, they lost to Charlotte, but because at the end they didn't get a rebound that they needed. Like toughness ain't this is the other thing too. Everybody like NBA, everybody got dope. So we're not talking about throwing hands. I'm talking about you fighting through screens you don't want to fight we through. We ain't talking Embiid and, and, and Simmons. Yeah, that wasn't going to headlocks. That was a cat fight, no, no pun intended. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that's, that's like no running through screens you don't want to run through, right? When you got an abdominal injury, not saying I need to go back to the locker room, staying out there for a little bit. Like these are the things where other players are watching this. I, I'm seeing guys scream and yell to the at the top of their lungs while guys are, you know, picking themselves up off the floor. And I'm sorry, it's not a body language comparison. It's just nobody out on that floor should be tougher than you, period. Wendell Carter Jr. is the only one I can look at and say that's the guy who is not having it. He's going to be upset about what's happening out here. And Thaddeus Young as well. I mean, Zach, Otto Porter Jr., Lowry Marketing, nice guys. Kobe White, can't ask that of him. Tomas Sadoransky, nice guy. Like, there's a lot of really nice guys and hard workers on this team, but who's not going to allow you to take an L? Like, who's going to be like, you know what? They're going to have to drag it and kick it out of here. They're going to have to make me shut it down. I'm, my body's going to have to shut down. They need because a Draymond. Everybody does, right? Yeah. I mean, hell, I'll take an Ivan Johnson at this point. Yeah. Like, I need somebody to scare you. We in Chicago, <laughs> so I'll use this reference. Remember that episode of Family Matters when Carl was stressed out? Three, two, one. One, two, three. What the heck is bothering me? You! You yeah. have somebody in there just is, is tired of losing. When it's like, yo, what are we going to do? By the way, Scoop, I appreciate the many references you're bringing to the table yes. here. We get, we get a X-Men Jean Grey reference. Mm-hmm. We're getting a Family Matters reference. <laughs> I mean, you you yeah, sprayed all fields with that. I mean, that's what Scoop does, though. Yeah. This is why Scoop is Scoop. Let's get to the rest of the league before we wrap up here uh lakers five and one right and when they come they're here tonight uh at the united center it's going to be a different kind of vibe um anthony davis and lebron james have been everything that they were purported to be uh i, I did not think that the opening night was going to be the end of the season for no. the lakers a lot of the way they, a lot of people I, was throwing they, dirt they, on they, them. they were ready to, to, to call for frank vogel's jobs in la opening opening week it was crazy and it was it was almost like uh the playoffs happened yeah yeah, Kawhi and them boys were geared up and ready to play. LeBron, we've all seen LeBron try to figure out that first three weeks of the season who he's playing with. Sure. And then, you know, a week later, he figured, oh, I'm playing with an MVP candidate. Get him the ball as much as possible. And went to the line 26 times the other night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be tough for the Bulls. Uh, but the Lakers are everything I thought they would be. And they're still 
acclimating Kyle Kuzma into the lineup. There's talk about J.R. Smith, even though I don't know where he fits and whose minutes he's going to take. What yeah. do you think about the Lakers so far, Scoop? Well, you, you talked about free agencies. Chris Haynes was actually on the Scoopy Radio podcast that made reference to um, potentially coming in. A, a guy that, you know, is, is many people believe that Andre Iguodala will either come down to the Lakers or the Clippers, but what if they don't? Uh, Jamal Crawford is available, and Jamal and Crawford and I talk almost every other day, former oh, Bull, and uh, that would be a dream job for him uh, to come in. They need a wing guy. They need a ball handler, um, and they need someone not they, – they're waiting for Rondo to come I was going to say, Rondo's still not healthy, and, right? Uh, Nancy Lieberman told me that she thinks that they are IQ personified. Yeah. And the two of them on the floor is just is Dwayne Wade said the same thing to me. Just the, the two of them together is going to bring a whole different level. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, we're in a corporate building. I won't say a whole nother level, but I'll say a whole <laughs> different say, level. Yeah, say Bulldogs used to it. Of, uh, <laughs> of, of, just, of excellence. So I, I think that 5-1 and one is great, uh, but you played against a, a growing Utah team. Mm-hmm. You beat Charlotte. Uh, you, 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 beat, um, you beat some teams. You beat Dallas. You beat Dallas. Dallas. That's the best game of the season so yes. far. Yeah, Dallas Mavericks, uh, uh, LA Lakers game where Luka Doncic and LeBron James was the first game where 15 uh, 15 assist triple doubles were had in a, by opposing players in NBA history. And Alex so. Caruso had the backpack on that Don't night too, that. man. And it's not just LeBron <laughs> and AD. Like Danny Green's the one who sent it to overtime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Green Ranger, Danny Green, game, we man. know. Yeah. The thing is, yeah. it's surprising me a little bit about the Lakers is how quickly they put it together. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it would take until at least December and January before they started to really mesh because you talked about, I mean, almost half the teams in the league had significant turnover. Mm-hmm. The Lakers are one of those teams. But they got something to prove, and it's not just the fact that oh, LeBron yeah, has a revenge season. They heard everybody was talking crazy last year. Look at look at Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard has something to prove. Two perfect nights. Uh, he had two perfect from the field nights so far this season. As of as of last week, uh, Anthony Davis and uh, Dwight Howard are numbers one and two in league leaders and blocks per game. Two point eight with Anthony Davis. Two point four uh, with Dwight Howard, and uh, he has something to prove, man. Um, Dwight has uh, dealt with a lot of adversity, different coaches, some a lot of it his fault, some of it mm-hmm. injuries. And even when you, when it wasn't injured, even when he was injured, I mean, he was still putting up a, a solid double double in Washington. Was putting up a solid double double in Charlotte. I just think it's 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 the psyche and and a winning culture. I mean, his best chance to win a championship was in Orlando mm. uh, with Rayford Austin and and under Stan Van Gundy. You saw how that went. Sometimes and, when you waste your youth, uh, you still have time in your in your dotage to to figure it out. Dwight's at the end of his his run here, and he's sound like dating advice. Yeah, no, I'm saying you waste. <laughs> it, it, is. Man, it, is, man. it is like you waste your youth doing all the foolish things that you need to do, and then sometimes it gets cut off for you, or you have a little time to still understand where you are in your career or in your life. Sure. I think Dwight Howard got got a blessing from the NBA guys and saying, hey. You got you got maybe a couple more years here to figure out what you want your legacy to be. Is it NBA champion or is it unfulfilled potential? I think Dwight Howard is a Hall of Famer, but there are a lot yeah. of people who are on the other side of that. I mean, he get, told me he is. Yeah, I mean, I, you get that many Defensive Player yeah. of the Year awards and and be a face of a franchise in that many All Star games. It, the Basketball Hall of Fame isn't discerning as much as the Baseball Hall of Fame and, and Football Hall of Fame. So yeah, I, th- I think Dwight Howard. Like you talked about hunger. What's impressed me about the Lakers is they're playing with hunger yeah. despite being a team of veterans, despite being yeah. a team of All Stars and future Hall of Famers. Well, LeBron took that very seriously last year. People questioning, was he the best player in the league, his defense and all those things. Check his IG out. He is making no bones about, I heard all of you, and rent is due. And I can dig it. I just don't want him to burn it out 
You know, I don't want him to redline it before the All-Star game because oh. he's still 35. I want to keep the sewing and not scratch it out. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, in this game tonight, fellas, um, what, what do we think we're going to see? And if you're listening to this podcast leading up to tip-off, uh, the coverage right here on NBC Sports Chicago, we're, we're going to be at the UC, so we appreciate you. But what do you think you're going to see? I think when the lights coming are on, for Anthony Davis. Huh? A, a homecoming for Anthony Davis True. and a winning uniform. And anytime LeBron comes to Chicago, uh-huh. please believe those Jordan things are in his head. Yes. He, he is very aware of whose building he's playing in and how he has to put on. He puts on in New York. He puts on in L.A. now that he plays there. But when he was a Cavan, when he was a Heat, put on there because he knows the stars are going to be out. And in the middle, here in Chicago, he is very aware of what Michael As Jordan is meant to the too. Exactly. He knows. He knows. He knows. Though what's hanging up there in those rafters. He knows that number means is you know Mike might be watching. Mike watches when LeBron is here too. By the way, because you know how Mike gets. Mike might want to make sure that you're not doing anything that he didn't do in his building. I think LeBron's going to be very aware of that. And I, I, I got to be honest with you. I think Zach and, and Larry are going to be up to the test, up to the challenge. Problem for me is do that against Cleveland. Do that against Indiana. I, I think we're going to see a good game out of them tonight. Uh, I just. I just hope that the consistency factor can pick up a little I bit. Would li- I think that um, on the Lakers side, um, you're going to see Catavius Caldwell Pope pick up where he left off at last game. He struggled at the beginning of the season, dropped about 14 points, hit two key shots against the Spurs uh, the other night. And he had a lot more run for them than I thought he would, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I think that Catavius um, – caught a roll into the deal um, at the beginning of the season because everybody was getting acclimated. Yeah. You got to give up shots to Danny Green. You got to make sure LeBron gets to where he's got to get on Kuz the floor. Back. Kuzma's back. Um, and so I think that this Lakers offense, any 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 um, Frank Vogel uh, team is predicated upon uh, the swing man getting a ton of touches. Uh, when I watch this Lakers team, it reminds me so much of Paul George, Lance Stevenson uh, during the Pacers era uh, of basketball, uh, Ray Hibbert on that team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but what I'm really enjoying is is the defensive uh, accountability. Uh, when you look at the Chicago Bulls, uh, I feel like as much as you say that they're, they're going to be coming in on the Bulls side. Uh, the JV team wanting to play the varsity team. Yeah, Sometimes the varsity team may underestimate the JV team, and so with the with the Lakers basically winning four straight, they. I don't want them to get comfortable mm. because sometimes that happens. Well, I'll, I'll tweet out and let you know if I saw anybody, <laughs> saw anybody out the don't, night before. Like we, it's a joke about the L.A. nightlife, the Miami nightlife. <laughs> oh, Chicago like, flu is real. Don't sleep on the Chicago flu. Yeah, exactly Chicago right. flu is real. There's a lot to get into. I'm with you. I think the Bulls will be hyped up for this. I think they're going to show out. However, AD's getting 30 and 20. Yeah. Like the in terms of like that's on easy the, for him at this on point. the court and what they've been doing. I don't see any answer to stop AD. No, uh, there's there's not an answer in the league. Uh, we'll see if the the Bulls. Yes, there is an answer in the league. It's the Clippers. Yeah, early. Just wait. But but I but I, but I but I but I'll say this. That's why the Clippers have the advantage of basically being the same team that they were last year. Dropping two stars and, in it. and yeah. yeah, and, and only one played. Yeah. That's the advantage. The Lakers didn't have that that advantage. For sure. And they, but they got dogs too. Like this, True. As we go back to the dog talk, I mean Montrez Harrell and uh and Pat Beverly, those two dudes I, I walk into any bar with and I feel okay about 
me leaving out with all my money and my shoes. They're going to come in there with the bean pies and the bow ties. Yeah, there you go, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> my man, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, heavy.com writer. I- I'm telling you right now, follow him on IG. You get all the lowdown and everything that's going on around the league. Uh, anything you want to promote really quick? Yeah, quickly? make sure you check out the Scoop B. Radio podcast. 3.5 million streams last year. Anybody from the voice of Siri, Mark Cuban, DJ Khaled. And I'm actually here in Chicago for the week, and I'm also doing a promo with Zenny Optical. I'm the brand ambassador. I oh, wear glasses. There you but, go. But guess what? I actually have 20-20 vision. Oh, see? Oh, they're they're blue money, blockers. Boy. You guys got to check that out. Scoop B getting that money mm-hmm. out here. Who, I, you doing it too, man. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Try to pay daycare payments. Scoop B Radio. Overtime. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 